Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest. Charu Chanana is with us. She is the market strategist at Saxo Capital Markets on the line from Singapore. Charu, thank you for being with us. Do you trust this rally that we saw today in the U.S.? I mean, there was a fair amount of short covering, I'm sure, but I'm wondering whether or not maybe we've reached some kind of inflection point. If you buy into the idea that perhaps we're beginning to see a peak, if we haven't already, in inflation in the U.S., and now the Fed has got some room to begin to maybe ease its aggression. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. So, <clears throat> great question. Yeah, I mean, uh, does the rally have legs? I mean, no 7% uh, kind of a rally NASDAQ would ever have legs, I think. But of course, not at this stage when um, certainly there seems to be some disinflationary forces in play at the moment, but the US inflation is still very high. And I think this is not a time for the Fed to take comfort in one print, right? Uh, so, I do think the market reaction has been a little bit bit exaggerated. Uh, in terms of the Fed path from here, they have already communicated that downshift to smaller rate hikes from the from the December meeting onwards. So uh, again, this meeting, uh, this uh, CPI print doesn't really change anything. You know, we it was expected that we are, we are going to get a 50 basis points in December uh, with mm. a small probability of a 75 basis points. And it likely remains to be the case. There's been obviously some downshift in the terminal rate uh, pricing, uh, which of course, again, I think there will be a lot of pushback from the Fed members in the coming days. We've already seen some last night, but I think yeah. some more to come because this easing of financial conditions is some, certainly not something the Fed wants at this stage. Charu, if the market uh, reaction was, as you say, exaggerated, then what happens next if we are pricing in more hikes, but of course expecting that inflation will continue to cool somewhat because there is still a lot of people out there that don't want to miss out. So it's a, it's a bit of a FOMO rally heading into the end of the year too. Uh, well, I do think that this interest rate story and the inflation story is pretty much in the markets now. I think from here on, especially for the equity markets, the focus has to move a lot more towards those recession concerns, towards uh, you know the earnings concerns. We've already seen a big margin compression in this Q3 earnings season, and that likely looks like will get worse from here. And of course, the second biggest risk that we faced this week is the liquidity risks. Uh, it is right now uh, being seen in the crypto market, but will likely have spillovers to the other financial markets as well. And there could be these pockets of risk, uh, I think, in, again, other parts of the markets as well. So I think these are some of the things that will be more important for the equity markets from here on. We had a big collapse in yields across the U.S. Treasury curve today. And with that, 
a big drop in the dollar. I can give you around 30 seconds in this segment, Charu. Have we seen uh, the best of the dollar in terms of its strength against the majors right now? Is the, is the path forward weaker? Um, I have a tough time calling it a top in the U.S. dollar. You know, I mean, I would say yes, a little bit more choppier. It won't be as uh, a straight line up as we've seen in this uh, year throughout. Uh, you know, the Fed is certainly still more hawkish than some of the other major central banks. And if we see recession concerns picking up, we have safe haven flows to the dollar. If we see liquidity concerns picking up, again, we have, you know, the liquidity uh, can be found in the U.S. dollar and the U.S. treasuries. Ed was telling us with Beijing, reporting the most new COVID cases in more than a year, but at the same time, the new Politburo Standing Committee reiterating that general guideline of COVID zero and stressing a more precise approach, perhaps seeing light at the end of the COVID zero tunnel. When do we see that and and when do we then see a big rally in assets, Charu? Hi, Juliet. So, yeah, I think that is the big question with China's zero COVID policy, right? How soon do we see it and how fast that unwinding of those policies will be? Uh, but at this stage, it looks like uh, the reopening is being very cautious. And I think, uh, you know, this uh, jargon that we have dynamic zero COVID, I think that is likely to stay. Uh, they are probably going to add more flexibility around it with respect to, you know, quarantine days or PCR testing requirements, because, of course, consumption is becoming a big focus. We saw October exports slipping into the negative territory for China. Uh, so certainly they need more support uh, to growth, more drivers of growth in the economy, and that has to come from consumption. Uh, so I think that will remain a big focus and we will see more flexibility, but I don't see uh, you know, re- uh, these restrictions or lockdowns going anywhere. So a little bit of uncertainty then. Would you be willing to put money to work in the equity market in China right now? Uh, I think the uh, the positive side here is that the positioning has been so weak, right, that uh, there is still some potential. Uh, if we do see, uh, you know, even those small measures and that intent of reopening at some point in 2023, at least. Uh, so I think, yeah, I mean, I would, uh, you know, probably consider some targeted, uh, you know, uh, investments there. And some of the targeted investments outside uh, China, in, when you look at the reopening story, particularly as we know, as soon as the borders open and you get the Chinese tourists back, that is very big news for a lot of the Southeast Asian countries. You're looking at Indonesia and Vietnam as well for some upside. Tell us why. Uh, so, yeah, I think the reopening story will particularly be beneficial to maybe, you know, Japan or Thailand. But, uh, yeah, for me, I think uh, Indonesia and Vietnam have been very interesting. Uh, Indonesia, particularly because of its, uh, you know, commodities exposure, and we've seen the run-up in commodities this year. Uh, I think that is likely to continue to, uh, you know, benefit Indonesia, especially because they also have a lot of these green metals, you know, nickel and lithium and stuff, which will be required for the green transformation story. Uh, going forward as well. So I think that's very interesting for me. But also at the same time, Vietnam, I think that uh, obviously has been the biggest beneficiary of uh, manufacturing moving out of China over the last several years. And, uh, you know, as that continues to play out, I mean, I I think those policies uh, in Vietnam that continue to attract, uh, you know, manufacturing uh, as well as support consumption in a big way, I think uh, it's it's like firing on all cylinders. So, I mean, I I do see these two uh, being placed 
placed really well going into next year as well. We were talking earlier, Charu, about the collapse in the dollar today as a function of uh, these lower treasury yields across the curve. And the flip side of that, obviously, is a much, much stronger yen, 141.70 thereabouts. It's hard to believe. Less than a month ago, we were talking about intervention, right, with the yen weakening past uh, 150 against the greenback. So talk to me about what you see happening in the Japanese currency and whether or not it gives you um, the appetite for Japanese risk assets right now. Uh, so, I mean, I would start uh, at a, maybe a slightly different uh, place here, talk about the U.S. yields. Would you think that the, you know, 10-year yields have peaked? Uh, uh, in my sense, uh, I, like I said earlier as well, I do think that the interest rate story has been pretty much priced in by the market. Uh, so, I do see those, um, you know, equity and bond correlations turning negative once again, again, going into 2023. Uh, and when that yield story starts to top out, I do think that the pressure on the Yen will particularly ease, right? Because it was the divergence between the US yields and the Japanese yields that was actually causing all of that pressure. Mm. And secondly, I think uh, the kind of intervention that we have already seen from the Japanese authorities has obviously uh, taken out some of that speculative froth from the yen yeah. market. Uh, so I think uh, that's also very important. Uh, so while I mean, for, for the next several uh, weeks, I would still continue to see pressure. Like I said, there's a possibility of sure. you know, Fed's hawkish commentary. All right, Charu, we're going to have to leave it there. Have a great weekend. Charu Chinata, market strategist at Saxo Capital Markets on the line from Singapore for us here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.